to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by KB's Car Care, 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Full detail is also available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as a dining area. They open Tuesday to Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. Today's episode is also sponsored by Big Ben's Desserts. If you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, this is the place for you. They have a wide variety of desserts, including cakes, ice cream, banana pudding, and my personal favorite, Oreo cheesecake. They open Tuesday to Saturday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. So stop by and visit Big Ben's Desserts on 297 Spartanburg Highway in Lyman, South Carolina, where nothing could be sweeter. Today, this is another special episode of the Cross the Line Podcast, Self-Investment Tour, where we are here in Alabama. Is this part... We consider this part Birmingham right here, too? It's Metro Palace of Birmingham. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I know yesterday with one of my interviews, they said we were in Bessemer. That was our <laughs> first time being out there. So we want to make sure we had it right. So we have a special guest with us today. She's the founder of Boss Bay University, Deezy's Playhouse, and Bossy Beauty. Miss Muff Deezy, how you doing? Hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? The serial entrepreneur. So we're mm. definitely going to uh, get into your story. Appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, you know, share your journey Thank as well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So just kind of starting out, you know, you tell us, you know, from, I guess from my early age, everybody just call you Muff Deezy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> how do you think people would describe you when they hear Muff Deezy? What do you think? How would people describe you? Um, I don't know. So now it's to the point where like it's, um, people are using Muff Deezy and Boss Bay simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So, um, I get a lot of those adjectives of, Boss these, boss um, you know, they like, if anything business related, they, everybody pretty much comes to me. Right. So you born and raised here in Birmingham? Yes, I am. How, how would you describe Birmingham? <laughs> um, Birmingham is definitely a one of a kind city. Um, you know, we have a very bad rap for violence oh, and yeah. crimes. Um, I live here. So I don't feel like the crime is that bad, but outside looking in, it possibly could be that bad. But since I'm here, it could be normalized to me because I live here. But uh, I most definitely love my city. The city is growing very rapidly. Entrepreneurs are growing in the city very rapidly. Um, we just recently got the protective stadium. We just recently had the World Games here mm-hmm. this year. So we definitely have lots of opportunities coming up for everybody. And it's it's really not bad. Like, I love it. Have you ever thought about, you know, leaving home or is it just like you just want to stay here and, and build your business? Have you ever had those thoughts? I do want to relocate um, just for the simple fact to be able to experience living somewhere else. I did live in Mobile for two years while I was in college, but it's not the same because it was college. It wasn't like necessarily right. I live here. But um, once in my life, you know, I do want to relocate, move somewhere else and experience. To a different, different state, you have any ideas where you may potentially want to go to? I don't know. I mean, I would think about going to Georgia, maybe not Atlanta, because, you know, it's like, Atlanta. they fool. Yeah. <laughs> they fool, but um, I do. I like Georgia. Um, I like Texas. I have family in Chicago. I love Houston. I love Houston, I love Houston man. We went there the first time uh, last month. I love love Houston, man. It was a good time out there. It's definitely the, the nightlife experience. It's definitely way different than anything I have ever experienced. Yeah, anyway. it's different. Yeah, that's we were out there for a uh, a bachelor party. My uh, my best friend got married. So okay. We oh, yeah, I shouldn't have took him there. 
we had a good time. We we ain't let nobody get in trouble. Just, well, I I leave it at that. We we ain't want we ain't get nobody in trouble. But yeah, we wanted to do something different because we're close to where we are. We're close about a little bit over an hour from Charlotte. Okay. And Atlanta is like about two hours, two and some change from us. So we just want to do something different. Right. But definitely, uh, uh, Houston was a different experience though. But we we do a lot of traveling. Um. And I've been the same way, though, thinking about, you know, relocating. But mm-hmm. it's a part of me that I always say I want to stay home and build something for the mm-hmm. people. Um, so I've been kind of, like, torn on that. But I've had people tell me, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with it sometimes, you know, leaving, mm-hmm. getting a different perspective of a life outside of where you're from, and then coming back home and building something mm-hmm. again. And one thing that I have learned is that strangers will always be your biggest supporters. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, everybody's a stranger when you first meet them, obviously, and then you build that bond, you build that connection. But a lot of times when people feel like they know you already, they know you your whole life. Like people I've gone to middle school, elementary school, high school, they're like, I'm proud of you. But they don't still don't give the same kind of support of people that have never met me. Right. That's weird. We always talk about it. It's weird how, like, even on a bigger scale, like with celebrities, like we'll support uh, artists that we're not even – we don't even know. They don't mm-hmm. know us. Right. We'll support them, but like somebody that's local trying to do that or any other type of business that they have, we won't support that. But somebody we don't know, which mm-hmm. is a, a crazy thing. Like I agree 100%. We'll support them most. <laughs> I, I don't know why that is. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have a hard time um, getting that support, you know, starting your business, though? I feel so. I started business four years ago. Okay. And when I was doing it, it wasn't, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't as glorified as it is now. It was just, we were sort of kind of beginning to find out and people were trying out new things. So there wasn't a lot of entrepreneurs. So once I came and I started paving the way, I opened my first storefront um, for Deezus Playhouse. And people were just bombarding me with these questions like, how you do this? How you do that? How you do this? How you do that? So I really feel like I went ahead and messed everything up first mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could turn around and get it right for everybody else so that they didn't have to go through that. So the support wasn't hard because they saw me doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, they like, oh, I know her. She did this. She did that. So it just kind of flew naturally. Right. It just made me think of another question when you talk about, you know, when you first started, like, how entrepreneurship wasn't glorified, like, as it is now. Do you think we... Do you think we glorify entrepreneurship as for the wrong reasons now because now like you look on social media everybody's their own boss and they mm-hmm. post pictures like they they never failed at anything it's all wins do you think that now that when the space we're in now that we glorify entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons i do and uh first thing i tell everybody is you can quit you can stop working 40 hours a week you're just gonna turn around and work 100 hours a week <laughs> and That's be more tired working for yourself than you will for someone else depending on you know what area of business you are running but entrepreneurship is not peaches creams unicorns and rainbows like there will be good days there will be bad days like you can make a thousand dollars today two thousand <laughs> tomorrow and zero dollars for the rest of the week and pe- that's the part that people don't realize they just feel like well i don't want to do this i don't and it's rules no matter what you do whether you work for yourself Mm -hmm. whether you work for a business like there's still stuff you have to follow so people just see people like oh i made a million dollars and it doesn't really yeah that's why it's it's hard for me to you know uh, buy into a lot of stuff that's on um online like it's it's very it's a few entrepreneurs entrepreneurs that i pay attention to because you can clearly tell by their results, and they've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. But what I 
what kind of gives me sometimes is like not saying it's not possible, but it's like some entrepreneurs like they post that they made a business like a million dollars or made six figures in like a month or so. Mm -hmm. Like it's not saying it's impossible, but is it really like I think when they paint it that way, it's like they really think have people thinking like, oh, it's this easy. Right. I can just go out here and get it like that. It's, no, it's Most not. Most definitely. And I tell people, what's for you is for you. You might see someone else's success, but you don't know what all they went through to get there. You don't know what they had to start exactly. with. They might have made a million dollars or six figures in a couple of months, but what did they have to put up on the front end to get there? Because they might have took out a $300,000 loan. You just don't have mm -hmm. that background information. So I advise, you know, do your research and make sure you know what you're getting yourself into because... Exactly. It's, you just never know mm -hmm. what you're getting into. <laughs> I got to ask you, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, your, go back to your childhood a little bit. How was like your childhood like growing up? Like What, what kind of things did you gravitate towards and like what, what influenced you? So I was a nerd. <laughs> um, I had these big thick glasses and high water pants and little plaits on my head. So I was teased and bullied a lot when I was a child. But um, I kind of buried myself in extracurricular activities. I played clarinet. I played basketball. I played soccer. I played the piano. I did art. I read. I wrote poetry. So I was just constantly. I have always been busy. Like debate team. By the time I got older chilling dancing like i just was always busy you don't you don't come across as the type of person that was like a, a quote-unquote nerd or something like that like your personality it's like you always seem like you always had confidence and you like knew what you wanted to do it definitely was not <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until i got to high school and i said i'm sick of this and i just had to finally you know stand up in it and decided to be who i wanted to be versus being shy being timid being picked on and i'm like I was always outgoing around my family, mm -hmm. but kind of shy around people. So, I could do public speaking all day long, you know, speeches, and mm -hmm. but it just, I don't know. My my daughter, she was just earlier, she was like, who are you today? So, I can know who I want to call you. So, mm -hmm. I got this alter ego thing going on where I can break out of my shell sometimes. And and I'm just not shy no more. Like, now I don't meet a stranger. I can talk to anybody. So really? It's crazy because I'm... Like for me, I'm out of the people that I hang with, I'm probably like the most laid back person. I'm like shy at times. Like I was kinda like that when I was growing up. Like I was, you know, I mean I stayed in my books and everything, but I was kinda like afraid to, you know, approach people. And then I wrote about it, I actually wrote about it in my book. It wasn't until I started hearing females ask like, You think he cute and stuff like that? <laughs> and then when I heard those conversations, okay. that's when I started um getting confidence and then it just Stuff. Yeah, it was, but I, I had to go through that phase, and once I got, man, I built so much confidence mm -hmm. for some of the right and wrong reasons. Like I was, mm -hmm. I did a lot of stuff. I write, write about it in my book, but and that's the one of the biggest things. Whether you know what you're talking about or not, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Just like we said with the internet, people gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna listen to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so confidence plays a big part in it. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like who who were the people that you looked up to growing up? Like who who influenced you? Did you um, was it like a family of entrepreneurs or that you saw as an entrepreneur, like who influenced you? So I'm um, first generation entrepreneur. Um, my grandma was all go to college, get a job, yada yada. So I did that. That wasn't working out. Um, so I mean, I got a degree. I did all that. But growing up, first of all, I love Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm not a singer. I'm not a pop star. But I love Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson, my mom and Michael Jackson actually had the same birthday. So. 
Mm. We all love Michael Jackson, so that's where I get my dancing from. If y'all see me dancing one day, so you gonna moonwalk? Yeah, you can do it now. If I, you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, oh, go ahead. Other than that, I I mean I love Beyonce, I love Michael Jackson, but as far as entrepreneur wise, I didn't really see a lot of entrepreneurs going up. I mean, like I said, it wasn't really not for us, um, was people of color, anyway. Like entrepreneur and and social media wasn't so big to where right. you were able to see so many people. So all the influences I had were like music artists and like a couple of my teachers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like even. Even when we did see people that look like us have a business, we didn't attach the word entrepreneur right. to it. Like we didn't know what to call it. You mm-hmm. just say that they got a job or they got their own business, but mm-hmm. I never used the word entrepreneur when it came to my uncle or anybody else that had their own their own business. But for me, kind of for the most part, the mindset for me was like the same thing. It's like you know, uh, graduate high school, go to college, you get a job, and you're gonna work and stay there. Like how was your? How would you say your mindset was? <laughs> so I was listening at first um, But you know I just started doing stuff out of order Because I was getting to this When I started feeling myself The confidence we talked about mm-hmm. I started being a rebel right <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is when I started getting in trouble So I'm doing whatever I want to do You know So she like go to college I went to college but now I'm knocked up And I got to come back home mm. So <laughs> The college life is different too I yeah. wasn't used to that. Exactly. I it's, wasn't used to different. that. Because you on your own. You don't have nobody waking you up, telling you when to go to class. Never went. <laughs> now I went to class. It was, it was some Not days. at 8 o'clock. I'm not making it to the 8 o'clock. That's I why I messed up at my freshman year. See, when you're a freshman, you don't really know. So you think, man, You feel o'clock. like you're fine. You've been at school at 8 o'clock your whole life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But when you got to do it on your own. <laughs> that yeah. was the last semester that I did. That I said, from now on. 10 o'clock or later, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to get my classes. So I did. But, I went. I got knocked up, and then I came back home. But I finished. I finished mm-hmm. when I came back home. Um, I got jobs in my field. I, my degree is in criminal justice. Um, but I actually gravitated towards social work, so I started working on my methods in social work. I did all that. I knew all that. But mm-hmm. it just don't, it doesn't make enough money. And you, at some point, you have to realize, like, no matter how many coffees you stop buying, no matter how many chicken plates you skip, at some point you just got to make more money to be able to get the life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, you know, that you face a little bit of adversity, you know, going to college, getting pregnant, then having to come back home. Like, what was your mindset? And like, how, what was your family saying? Like, when they found out, and then for you, what were you thinking about? Was it, Did you think you were just going to be done with college or what? Child, I ain't even gonna tell y'all how my mama dogged me out when <laughs> when I told her I was pregnant. But not, she loved her grandbaby now, but she dogged me out real, real bad when I got pregnant. I feel like they love the, the grandkids more, <laughs> they more than, than they love, they love us. us. They do. So I let her have it. I let her have it. But I, I was really once, once my daughter came, he was like, I gotta figure this out. So now I'm. Working two jobs at a time. I'm taking 18 credit hours in school. I'm my dragging my daughter behind me. Come on, sit right here in the back of this class. You in the break room while I'm in the front at work. Like, we mm-hmm. literally. So, I tell her all the time, she grew up with me. Like, we had to figure it out together. So, but, I mean, I had to get it done because I don't have the kind of family where I can go and get, like, financial assistance or, you know, anything like that. So, it's always been, if I my back up against the wall, I got to use the wall to scratch my back. Mm-hmm. Had to figure it out. I and mean, I just keep that 
No, it's no plan B. Mm-hmm. What kind of jobs did you work in the past that kind of like help you with your like entrepreneurship experience? Like what kind of jobs did you take on? Um, so when I was doing retail, that helped me out a lot with my boutique. You know, learning merchandising, learning mm-hmm. price points, learning, you know, how to make stuff look appealing in the back end part of running business. And then after I graduated college and got actual jobs in the field, of you know social work i worked for dhr going out to pe- visit people's homes it just taught me a whole lot more about people psychology out of mind and how people act why they do the things they do and stuff like that but dhr was definitely one of those jobs you learn a little bit about everything mm-hmm. i uh my experience man well i had a lot of jobs nothing nothing i didn't really understand what i kind of wanted to do until maybe like my senior year in college but Man, I used to work at restaurants, cleaning tables, Pizza Hut, Toys R Us, Sam's. I worked a lot of different things. Basically, just really like customer service, mm-hmm. you know, understanding how to treat people well. My parents always told me to treat everybody with respect anyway. Mm-hmm. But then you learn more about that, um, you know, working with the public. It's a lot of stuff, man. But I had a, a ver- various different jobs. Um, I think the one, the main one that I really had that kind of helped me with my experience was when I got a job after college, uh, probably about two years after college, uh, working at a radio station. And um, I, I was trying to figure out how to like create my own opportunity because mm-hmm. I did broadcasting, covering professional sports and high school sports. Got And I couldn't find a job in my field after I graduated. So I ended up getting a part-time job at a radio station, driving about an hour to work every day for $10 an hour. And Chef. It was it was rough, and, <laughs> and I I tell everybody I I really didn't make money doing it. Like by the time I got a check from them, it was I basically was in the hole or I barely broke even. Mm-hmm. But it taught me how to you know produce my own like shows, like right. far as like running the show, and the audio, edit audio and stuff like that. So I took that experience and mm-hmm. kind of brought that over here to what I'm doing now. But other than that, like it's. I always say it's a blessing and a lesson to everything that you do. So mm-hmm. you got to take definitely. those experience, take the good with the bad and those experience. Like it was rough because I was broke, you know, <laughs> still had kids and, you know, trying to provide. And then you got to, you barely, you know, making it that way. I um, definitely understand. <laughs> it's, it, it's rough. So um, what did you say you went to college at? I went to. So I started at University of South Alabama. Okay. Mobile. I stayed there for two years, and then I um, had my daughter, and I came back here, and I graduated from Miles College. Okay. I saw on Shout Out Atlanta online, it said 2018, I guess when you, as you, you were a so, social worker, uh, you would get looks because of your appearance. How did that make you feel? You know? So, <clears throat> it was like, so, I'm, I'm a lot more conservative now because I'm older. Mm-hmm. But 2018, me, my nails was out here. And mm-hmm. and trends have changed, too. Y'all know we had them big 25-millimeter lashes. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls are going a lot more soft now. We we toning it down a little bit. But in I this guess. time. I guess. <laughs> a little bit. I guess. A little bit. But in this time, you know, we had some invisible poets going on. We had all kind of stuff going on. So when you walking in the courtroom, these they, they look at me like, who is that? Where's she going? And that made me feel like, why do you want to use my looks to try to justify how you think I, who you think I am, mm-hmm. rather? Because I know more than most of all y'all. Right. And once I start talking, now everybody is, like, surprised. Like, mm-hmm. I think if for one part, is already, you know, being somebody of color. Mm-hmm, it's definitely. already one strike already. And then you said, when you, 
the way you carry yourself, not making it right for them to judge you like mm-hmm. that when you don't, you know, clean yourself up or whatever. I'm not saying you didn't, you were a professional, but like to them, they want a certain appearance already. Right. Like you know, they don't, you don't, they don't want tattoos, mm-hmm. you know, dreads, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So when anything that's black, they don't want nothing. Exactly, and it's and it's still that way now. But even with us, you know, we in the beginning we started doing interviews. Like sometimes I would just wear like a like basketball shorts or t shirt or whatever because I knew what I wanted to do, but I wanted to I wanted to make people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember my barber a couple of years ago. He told me, "Hey man, um, I mean, I, you you doing some great great work, but he's like, man, uh, try try this, you know, just try dressing up a little bit more." And you and we, even now I can tell like. When we walk into these different business establishments, when they see us dressed up, mm-hmm. like they approach us differently already Definitely. because they know like we're about our business. Not making it right for them to judge us regardless, but when you when we when we dress up like this or anything and go into these establishments, it's already like this. You give them this like positive energy. Right, right, and, uh, right. I definitely agree. So mm-hmm. I I stopped being a hot girl because um, I'm knocking on thirty now. So hey, I'm, like, yeah, I'm at thirty <laughs> now. I turned thirty this year. I, I tone it down a little bit, but also because that stuff take a lot of energy, you know. And it's a lot more expensive to long nails versus my little short nails. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, sometimes I might switch it up every now and then, but it really depends on how I feel. And at this point in my life, I just like feeling free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being comfortable. Yeah. For you, okay, so after that, how long did you do the social work before you kind of like transitioned to, you know, doing your own thing. Uh, so I graduated college and started working in 2016, 2018. And, um, no, I graduated in 2016. I did graduate in 2016. And I was doing all the work, work, work. So I started my business in 2018. And by the time it got to, I had my daughter, my second daughter. I had two kids. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got three. Lord. Ooh, Lord. I'm, d- I'm done. I hope so. Me too. I'm done. <laughs> So by the time I got to my second kid and it was time for me to go back to work for maternity leave mm-hmm. and they did not pay me my last check for being mm-hmm. off work. So I'm like, forget y'all, I ain't coming back. <laughs> so that was, that was the breaking point for me where I was like, while I was on maternity leave, I was at home. So I took that time to stay down and figure it out. How to do graphics, and that's when I broke into graphics. So now I know my way around the computer. So now I'm producing another stream of income for myself. So by the time it was time for me to go back to work, and I figured out they didn't pay me, I'm like, I don't need this. And I just started going hard for me because mm-hmm. they didn't care about me. Exactly. A, a job, you know, it's, I always say it's nothing wrong with having a job, but it, at the end of the day, like, they can always find somebody that's going to mm-hmm. replace you. Like Definitely. They can probably replace me before I left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can give a company 30, 40 years, let them know you're about to leave, and they say, you know, they got a posting for your position. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they're the same day, honestly. They already know yeah. what they're what they going to do. So the early days of entrepreneurship for you, so when you jump, you got the graphic design going and you jump into it, um, which one? What was the first business that you had? Jesus Playhouse, Jesus. and that was 2018. Okay, um, and I was working while I was doing it, um, running my boutique or whatever. And the reason why I started that is because I've always been in the fashion and stuff like that, and how the people were looking at me. I'm like, I'm gonna be myself regardless. So mm-hmm. that was my way for me to channel that energy into fashion to be like, let's be who you want to be, wear what you want to wear, 
Love yourself out loud. Do whatever you want to do. As long as you ain't hurt nobody else type thing. So, that was the early stages. And that's really what taught me a lot of the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Stuff for what needed to be done. And I opened my first storefront <clears throat> in 20. I don't know. Don't give me the line. <laughs> One of them years. And... After I opened the store, for instance, I saw when it was time for me to start going back to work. So was, all this stuff was going on simultaneously, isn't it? Another reason why I was just like, mm-hmm. forget this job. Like, so when when did you know it was time, you know, to to dr- transition full time into like becoming a full time entrepreneur? Did you wait to see how the business was was going, or when did you know? It was when them people like pay me, because I ain't getting paid anyway. So what I'm coming well, for? Yeah. <laughs> How was those first days of, like, having your official storefront? Like, how was that? Um, My grand opening was amazing. I had all my friends there, all my family there. Um, And then there wasn't a lot of people selling clothes then either. So it was like people was coming. You know, business was going really, really well. How do you, um, just thinking about what you just said, there wasn't a lot of people selling clothes at that time. Now, you know, a lot of more people are doing their own thing. Um, do you embrace that, you know, with other people getting into fashion and doing mm-hmm. some of the same work that you do? Do you embrace those type of people? I do, and I'm actually really happy that, that um, you know, the boutiques are growing. Everybody's jumping into their own lane. I just push for everybody to make sure, you know, figure out what they want to do that forces them to be different than every other boutique. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, now we into fast fashion. You know, stuff we gonna wear one time, throw it away, never look at it again. Oh, I took a picture in this, I can't wear it no more. So you gotta figure out what it is that's gonna separate your brand from everybody else's brand. You got a, you have a lot of different courses I saw online, um, helping entrepreneurs. Can you talk a little bit about some of the courses that you have for people that that wanna um, that's still trying to figure it out, but you you can kind of like walk them through those steps. What kind of courses do you most definitely? So, um, my very, very first course was a, a Christmas course, and it was all I want for Christmas is a bag. Um, we had a good time, but they all start, they pretty much have the same layout. We're going to start with the foundation groundwork, getting your licenses, your LLC, um, building your business credit and stuff like that, and then I'm going to teach you branding, I'm going to teach you marketing, all of that stuff wrap it up in one and then um you know like tips and tricks on content creating and getting sales and stuff like that and most recently i added a airbnb course for people who want to get started in the airbnb business mm-hmm. who put you on game about as far as like the business like running a business um i'm sure it came with some lumps as well but did you have anybody that kind of like showed you the ropes it was like a mentor i screwed it up till i got it right mm. <laughs> Every time, and that's why I say I, I kind of paved it to where, I don't know, I already scratched up my knees and my elbows. I paid fines. I did this. I did everything because I already did it wrong. So, I can tell anybody exactly how to do it right. This is what you're supposed to do. So, mm-hmm. it just kind of came from failure is going to be the biggest teacher every time. Absolutely. So, how long after, so you, Deezus Playhouse was first? Mm-hmm. And then Boss, Boss Bay, Boss Bay University mm-hmm. was sick. How long was it be- until you jumped into the to the second business? Because I know you said that you took some some you had to learn some lessons the hard way. Mm-hmm. How long was it before you transitioned and jumped into another business? So Boss Bay was born. That's what I was doing on maternity leave when I was doing the okay. graphics and stuff. And um, 
it's probably about a two year span in between from Deezus Playhouse until when I started Boss Bay. Um, and Boss Bay was really because people were asking all these questions. How do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like, y'all taking too much time from right. me. Yeah. <laughs> Without, you know, and it was really draining. So I'm like, let me figure out how I can do this to where everybody can see a benefit from this. Mm-hmm. So, Is yeah. it a fine line between... Um, just thinking about that, like you said, people will pick your brain. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. people get as much information as they can for free. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, you want to help people at the same time as your time you have to charge. Is there, is there a fine line between, you know, how much you advice you give them before you, like, look, mm-hmm. I, I gave you a, a, this much information. Now, if you need any more help, um, you have to pay for my time. Is that right. Like a, so, if you're asking me a simple question or something, I don't mind answering a simple question. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... I'm not that much whatever they want to call it. But once you if you inboxing me a paragraph and I ain't never met you a day in my life, I'm be like, mm-hmm. what's going on? But I don't mind helping people. I always help people. I even give out um I have a group on Facebook actually Boss Bay University. Um it's got like one thousand women entrepreneurs in it and I drop like gems, free game every now and then. Um I send out free gems and games to my email subscribers and stuff like that. So I give out a lot of what I can for free because I wanna let the people know like it's not just always about your money. I really do want to help you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time this is also my job. So right. it's how you gonna make a living and provide for <coughs> for your family. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur? Um, discipline. I would definitely say discipline. Um, especially like we talked about when you can make this, this day and this, this day and nothing, nothing, nothing. So you really have to budget. You have to discipline because it's just like going to college. You don't have nobody to tell you to get up and go to class. You don't Mm -hmm. have nobody to tell you to get up and go to work. You don't have nobody to say, Hey, I got to go shoot this video today. It's up to you to really, if you don't work, you don't eat. So you have to discipline yourself enough to say, you're like, oh, I don't feel like it. But you, like, even me, I go through it sometimes too. I get the itis where I don't feel like it. But you know, you got to continue to push yourself because if you don't, your results are going to show. And it's going to show when you're not eating. Yeah, that's a fact. What would you say was the hardest thing that you had to overcome? Was it discipline or was it something else that you um, had to overcome as an entrepreneur that that you kind of got in your way with sometimes? Um, I'm gonna say anything else to me. I'm a I'm a just do it person, you know. Um, nobody knew how to do anything until they did it. Even when I was putting my shops together, you know, I put these floors down, I painted these walls, I did all this myself, and they're like, "Well, women don't know how to paint. Painters don't know how to paint till they do it." <laughs> so right. me, I'm just a person like a. Just do it, and if it if it mess up, it just mess up. And, and we it got don't. we got YouTube now. Definitely, YouTube got everything on it that you Definitely. need now. So that's another thing. That's like a cheat code. Like mm-hmm. growing up, we didn't really, we didn't have YouTube. It definitely wasn't like it is now. Definitely, just like, I can change the tie, change my oil. I can do simple stuff, I want. man. It's like, <laughs> I remember I did something crazy. This was probably about six, seven years ago. I was just playing. Well, I gave my game up now. I gave it to my son, but. It was probably about six, seven years ago, maybe longer than that. And I was just trying to figure out, like, how to beat this level on the game. And I'm like, man, I can't even figure this out. Got on YouTube, something simple. Mm-hmm. 
Just like that. So YouTube has everything. Google too. Whichever yep. one. Whichever one I get to first. And one thing about me, I'm gonna figure it out. If I don't have it now, I have it by the time you that's, come that's back. my favorite <laughs> that's my favorite argument right there. Somebody uh, tell me something and I know it ain't true. First time to Google. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause me and my fingers, you ain't gonna be faster than me. Cause you ain't finna tell me. I'm finna tell you. Exactly. Um, have you ever? Um, I already asked you that. I'm ignore that part. How do you feel like overall? Like building these businesses. Um, as you continue to grow as a person and as an entrepreneur, um, how the city has like supported you now? Cause you know. A lot of times when you get a lot of stature and uh, become successful, yes, you bring other people up with you, but, you know, we were talking to the guys yesterday um, and telling me everybody's not always going to be happy for you mm-hmm. if you continue to grow in, on your journey. Like, how do you feel like the support has been for you? So, um, I feel like it's been great, and I feel like it's been ups and downs. Right now, I, fe- I do feel like um, I've climbed this ladder, and now I'm just right here. Like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Mm-hmm. What to do next? I have done... Maxed out most of everything I feel like that I want to do here. That's one of the reasons I was thinking about relocating to start over just for something fresh and exciting, new. But now I'm at this point, like, people people going to talk regardless if you do good, bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. So even, like, when I had the Freaknik pop-up shop in June, I do a Freaknik every year for my birthday. Um, Freaknik, like, mm-hmm. not the one, like, back in the... Similar. Yeah, but wear your hoochie mama shorts, get your hair mm. with your little, your little pin curls and all that kind of stuff. And we just mm. bring a vibe, you know. This year I was able to sign up 125 vendors for free need. And even oh. that, I was getting backlash because the club I had it at, somebody got shooting outside the night before. I can't control, can't that. control it. But I had to carry the weight of all that on my shoulders. And then they got mad because they had to pay to get in. You see all these police officers out here because of what happened last night. Like, all these people got to get paid. So, it's not just on me. So, it's like people people have something to say about everything. Mm-hmm. But I just continue to do what I do because who what's for me is for me. So, whoever rock with me, they're going to rock so with me. So, do you feel me. like necessarily things would be better just leaving because you get this kind of pushback from the events that you throw at times? You think it'll, but I guess because they don't know you if you go somewhere, so it may be better. Yeah, and too, I just really want a peace of mind. Like, I have, I hosted a pop-up shop in Atlanta last year at the Georgia International Convention Center. And I had people flying from Hawaii. I had people coming from everywhere just to be in my pop-up shop, people that I had never met in my life. Mm-hmm. But when it came, it's two, two, two hours and some change away from here. And the only Birmingham people that I got to come was maybe like three, four, five people. Mm-hmm. So... That's what I mean by you get a lot more support from people that don't even know you versus. Mm-hmm. And maybe because they, they like you said, when they when you're from this area, they, they know you or feel like they know you. Mm-hmm. They feel like, well, I can see you here. Why would I go? Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes it's not even all about just because you, you see them all the time. Man, that support goes a long way. Like, even if you can't make it, we know everybody's situation is different. Like, you know, just... If you want to like leave a donation or anything, mm-hmm. right? Just to support, show support is way more different ways than even if you just like and share in a post. Like there's still a form of support because you never know who's laying eyes on it or who could mm-hmm. be impacted by what they see. So that's great. Like you said, we'll we'll share something from somebody. Some miss. Yeah, quick, <laughs> real quick. I'm so sick of looking at Nicki Minaj and Mulatto and everybody else. I don't know. Yeah, what I'm just because I I don't even get in it. I don't even get into those arguments with people because I'm like. What what are they doing that's impacting what I my life or your life or in a positive way? Like 
he arguing about something, they arguing about validation. And I'm not knocking them personally, but it's like mm -hmm. you arguing about validation from people that don't look like us, for one. And it's not going, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. they, they it's like, really not. <laughs> exactly. But, and then it's crazy because you'll see people having to picking sides, picking, choosing sides. Mm -hmm. Like they with who, uh, Lotto, or they with Nikki. And I'm not going at them personally. It's just like our mindset and like the things that we're really looking at in life is like, that's, that's right there. It's like not even. Now, if y'all want to get into Beyonce, we going to have a problem. But uh, I don't care about nobody. So Beyonce, your girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm a behalf. I, I, I ain't knocking Beyonce. I love Beyonce too. Um, couple more questions. We're gonna get ready to, to uh, wrap it up. Um, what do you feel like you've learned about yourself since becoming an entrepreneur, full-time entrepreneur? Um, about myself, I have learned a lot about resiliency. Me, like I said, messing up and having to try again to do something over and over and over again. I have learned that I can sometimes be very impulsive, <laughs> like when doing stuff. Um, like when I opened my first my first um, Jesus Playhouse store, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily ready. It was necessarily I saw opportunity and I took it. Now I'm blessed and grateful that it turned out to go well, but mm -hmm. I do make some impulsive decisions sometimes because I have this mindset. Um, I can do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. Like it's what's a mindset. For me. Mm -hmm. exactly. So I I jump and I do stuff and then. Me, I like to hyper fixate on things and then I be on it, on it, on it, on it, on it, and then I get burnt out from it because I was so adamant on whatever it was and then I'm tired of it really fast. Like if I sit here and eat 50 brownies, I'm never going to eat another brownie again because I'm tired of brownies. For one, you're going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> For one, you're going to pass out. But I understand what you're saying and, and uh, just as an entrepreneur, just burnout is real that's mm -hmm. it's a real thing man I, I i spoke about this before or i had a moment last year where I, when i released my first book that came out last year i wish i had i would have gave you a copy of it you I, ain't I, bring me no book i got you i'll make sure you get one i got you trust me um, you be your own folks man i know right i didn't i, I left all of them normally when i'm on the road i try to get my guest books and uh and i just ordered some as well but i got you but uh, the title of my book is F School Life is Your Best Teacher. Mm, and it's I like that. A, and it's a cover uh, it's on the pictures, me and my son on the front of it. And he's holding my college degree. So you you thinking I'm saying like F school don't go, but I have mm -hmm. a degree. But when you read it, it's just breaking down what I thought like what was what life was supposed to be like as far as like going to school and getting a job and retire, staying there till you retire. Mm -hmm. And um, But it's more deep when you look deeper into it. It's about me sharing my journey and just about believing in yourself and not worrying about what other people want mm -hmm. for you, like doing what you want to do in life. So you sound like me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Man, I'm telling. You, I had a lot of experience, like, and I've always been the type, like, I don't like to always do everything that everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like go against the grain, and like, I just had to create my own opportunity. It was just something about the the nine to five grind. It's like nothing wrong with it. It's just like when you talk to people and they tell you you got a job, great job with benefits, and just stay until you retire. In my mind, I was just like, man, why is it always everybody telling me the same thing? Mm -hmm. Why is it everybody thinking the same way? And then you got to wait till you 65, 60 plus years old to f really enjoy yourself. And I'm like, I want to enjoy life now doing what I want to do. I don't have to wait. So right. a lot of it was me um, putting that into my book. And, you know, like I said, it just helped me learn so much, creating my own opportunity, just mm -hmm. going through some things. I took some, some, uh, some hard lessons to get to where I am. But, you know 
looking back at it now, I'm like thankful for, you know, hearing those no's because they helped me kind of get kind of get to where I am now. Um, you have an upcoming event. I think it's tomorrow, right? Yeah. And we are. I wish it would have been today. Yeah, but, you could have came uh, to see me. Trap Chella, Trap Chella. Talk a little bit about that. And what time does it actually start? Two o'clock. Yeah, we said Y'all we'll gonna be, be gone. Yeah, we'll be we'll be gone. We uh we were talking about man, trap chill. I wish it would have been today because we definitely would have been able to come out there and make it. But talk a little bit about your event and um like how did that come about? Okay, so I don't do events on Saturdays because people have too many excuses why they can't come and I don't want to hear. So Sunday is my event day every time. You know, event I have is always gonna be on a Sunday. Um. So my pop-up shops always have themes because I want to get the people involved and I want it to be more than just a vendor experience. When you hear pop-up shop, you don't have nothing but other business owners there. So I like it to make it an experience for the entire city. So everybody can come because it's not just a pop-up shop. So I'm having Trap Chella tomorrow. I had Wildin' Out before. You had Red Squad, Black Squad, whatever. We had a good time. I actually threw a Mardi Gras this year. Pop-up shop. Had a parade. Yada, yada, yada. I do free neat. And How often you throw these events? I try to space them out so I can have time to do my awareness, my promotion, and stuff like that. So usually every three to mo- three to four months. Okay. Um, yeah. So trap is tomorrow, and this is me incorporating, of course, being ghetto with Coachella. So you can just be kind ghetto. Of, <laughs> you know. So I want to see the festival outfits, but. We gonna vibe out to some ghetto music. We gonna take some shots. We gonna buy some stuff from my vendors. Man, I wish we was at, we were able to make that event, man. We are gonna have to try to come back for the next one. I don't, I don't like saying try. We'll, we'll be back. Let us know. We mm-hmm. gonna definitely come out and support. Man, we always support our people. You already ain't bring me no book, and then man, I'm gonna get you a book. <laughs> I, I got you a book. Trust me. I, I make sure you get a book, man. Cause okay. I, I like for people to, to, you know, hear my story, and I like helping to inspire people. So I'm gonna make sure you get a book. I, I okay. got you. Um, how does it feel for you, you know, with, with Trap Chella, Freak Nick, everything that you you do? How does it make you feel, you know, see, under, seeing that you're creating opportunities not for yourself but for other people? So um, after my first Freak Nick last year, I was crying like real tears. After I just saw all that come together, like, cause I had a hundred vendors last year too, and just seeing. The networking, just seeing everybody enjoying each other's company, like tent, 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 and I just stood on the stage and I just stood there and soaked it all in, and I'm like, this is really happening. So it definitely makes me feel really, really good. The process is very stressful because you got a hundred vendors, I got a hundred different attitudes, I got a hundred different questions, I got a hundred different expectations. So it's a lot that goes into putting these events together and dealing with so many people at the same time. And, you know, the first thing you learn being a business owner is that people don't read. So no matter how many times you say the same thing over and over again, now I got to say the same thing over and over again. So it's definitely a challenge. But after I see them come together, like once I actually get in the event and we are there, I feel real good. Let me tell you, I love our people. I love everybody. But when you said it about people don't read, it made me think about my book signing last year. And I put out a flyer that had the date on it. It was March March 28th, 4 o'clock. And the number one question people ask me, what time do it start? Mm-hmm. Right there on the flyer, it said 4 p.m., but people would still ask me, like, what What's time? the address? It, Everything right is on there. It's like, yeah. man, people mm-hmm. really don't take the time. They don't care. They, they see a flyer, but they still want to. I was like, man, what? 
I'm like, come on, man. I know y'all see this, but they just like you said. So I be having a group chat, and I have everybody in a Facebook group chat at that. So it's not even confusing. You see everybody name, everybody picture. It's not a mm-hmm. whole bunch of random phone numbers. You see the names, you see the faces, you see me, and you see my face. You see this paragraph this long, and I I copy and paste the same message, and I drop it every couple of days so that the new people can see it. It don't get pushed up, and they still gonna come say, "What time set up?" I know that kind of stuff will drive you crazy right now. It is. So, um, I recently had end up hiring me a coordinator so she can go back and answer some of those questions for me because that's what I was about to ask. Do you do you have people helping you like? So that so it's easy for you to like delegate things and you can focus mm-hmm. on things. Do you have like a team around you to help you? I do have a few people. Um, I got a team of three. I got Nikki, Ashley, and Tori. Um, they help me with pretty much everything, anything, everything. And I don't know what like, especially as the event started getting bigger, it started to be too much to do. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask you this. Um, uh-huh. we get ready to wrap this up. Now, I read this, I was like, this is right down my alley. Shout out Atlanta. They asked you about if somebody came to, uh, I was about to say Atlanta, came to Birmingham, they wanted something to eat. You said you would take them somewhere. Uh, I forgot the name of the restaurant. I don't have it down, but you said you would them a 10-piece hot lemon pepper, <laughs> a Cajun ranch, and a kiki, kiki poo. <laughs> yeah, like you can't piece. come to Birmingham and not get wings, bro. Man, I love wings, man. Especially the hot lemon pepper. Mm-hmm. You see... We go to we go to Wingstop. Uh, I, you don't like Wingstop? No, that's not. Man, listen, the the ten piece hot lemon pepper from Wingstop, extra crispy. Now, you got to give them extra crispy. I'm not convinced. But don't give me all flats. I ain't all flats. I do a combination, or I take all drunk, but I don't want all flats. I'm not convinced. You got to get some ghetto chicken. From where? You can go to Wings Heaven. You can go to Oh Yes Wings. You can go to Wings Plus. So all these places around here, one of those, I forgot which one you said got a, what, what is a kiki pool? Is that like a drink or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like a Kool-Aid that they make. But it's like a peachy, punchy, lemonade-y. And a kiki, I was about it's to a say, kiki pool. And then you had like all these different initials, like if you say uh, uh, T-P-H-L or <laughs> something like that. That's just a hot lemon pepper with Cajun Rush cheese fries and a kiki pool, but it's, we break it down into it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's because a lot. it's a culture thing. Like right. we already know what we're saying, so you mm-hmm. just might as well. And you say you can tell them that, and they already know what you want. Yeah. Man, I, I do want some wings. Though. I ate some uh, grilled chicken earlier. Uh, it was all right. We we ate at uh, uh I forgot uh, why I told CB CB seven. Yeah, Charbonne. Yeah. Never it heard it. It was good though. It was. So y'all should ask me good. so I could take y'all get some ghetto food. But we still here. We still, we, we leaving in the morning. Well, I'm pretty sure we're going to eat something else before. Y'all need some ghetto food. Well, you got to show us around. But I had to ask you about that in 10-piece hot lemon pepper. <laughs> that, that's right up my, that's right yeah, up my you alley. you got right. to experience that experience. Mm-hmm. It's like. And I love, like you said, trying stuff different, you know. And everybody wings ain't going to be the same. But Definitely. Wings stop still. That's that's like where we at. Like, we don't really have a, a that's lot. That's because you ain't had no good chicken. That's why we, you we like. We really it. have a lot of. Well, we, we don't, we don't, Listen, we don't have I'm gonna take you. I'm take you out of Urban Smoke. Urban. They got hot lemon pepper catfish, tilapia poached. That's what I wanted. I saw somebody posted at one time some uh, hot lemon pepper catfish. We going. We gotta go there. <laughs> yeah, and then it's a bar too. They got hookahs. They got the rainbow shots. They got swings. They got everything. 
Man, we done went off script, but we going there now. <laughs> <laughs> they say I'm good, right? Yeah, we, that's we going good. There now. And we they got, got all kind of food, billies and everything. All right, we going now. All right. All right. A few more questions. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. So what are what are some goals that you have in the future that you would like to share? Something that you can share, like a goal that you may have. Um, as of right now, I want to um, open me some more Airbnbs. Um, and I'll tell anybody, passive income is the way to go. Um, automate your property so you ain't got to go. You ain't got to worry about it. And you just make money while you sleep. And that's, that's something else that you had to, um, that you taught yourself to, is just mm-hmm. the Airbnb? A little yeah. bit of YouTube and a little bit of life. And you, <laughs> and you got a course on... The mm-hmm. Airbnb course as well. Mm-hmm. You got a you got a lot going I on. I do have a lot going on. Man, that's that's big. And this is for men and women. Like men can learn the mm-hmm. same kind. I have men in my classes uh, sometimes, and they just like the fact that they can be surrounded by women. So. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes men with egos, like man, we know how to do this stuff. Or yeah, and I want to go to a female for this type of advice. Mm-hmm. But man, a lot a lot of times, man. Most of the time, women are just nurture. Well, they are nurturers. Mm-hmm. And, man, when you need something, women are going to help you get things but right. But not every successful man is a strong woman. That's a fact. Man is just a face. That's a fact, <laughs> That's a fact man. Women definitely are a huge part of what we do. What advice would you have for someone? Um, maybe they want to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is in life. Maybe they want to just do something else with their life. But what advice would you have for anyone that's want to pursue their dreams? Um, my biggest quote, and I know I said this a thousand times every time, but what's for you is for you. Um, whatever it is, work towards it, grind at it. Don't let it scare you. Just know, does not always mean no. It might mean not yet. It might mean later. You know, just don't give up. Keep going at it. If you need help, please ask for help because that's one of the biggest things we get stuck into in our communities. We scared to ask for help because we know how people like to throw it back up in our faces mm-hmm. or. You know, they don't even have the means to help us. So, if you need help, ask for help. And number one, mindset is the first thing. So, don't send me nobody that's scared. I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Your brain first. So, get your mindset together. Once you tell yourself you can do this, we can start working on it, whatever it is. Absolutely. And then my last and final question that I like to ask everybody. This is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. So, I like to ask every entrepreneur or everyone that comes on, what does self-investment mean to you? Um, I don't know. Self investment. Yeah, I mean, I invest in myself all the time. But believing in yourself. Yeah, I but do. But you that. had to believe in yourself. You had to have that confidence. Yeah, I do that too. If not, then you would. It ain't gonna work. Exactly. How do you How do you help people? Like, because it's definitely like a mindset thing. But like, how How do you How would you say you can help somebody as far as like? changing their mindset because like I said for so long we weren't exposed to this type of stuff or we may have lacked this confidence we didn't have anybody in our corner like how would you help somebody as far as like you know kind of overcoming their barrier so sometimes I have to I have to feel that person out first because sometimes I cuss my students out because I have to because they they need tough love but (laughs) some people do need tough love and some people just be like give it to me straight just let me know like hey stop being scared Mm-hmm. And um, my mama mode comes out a lot, so I tend to start fussing anyway, in a good way, in a good mm-hmm. way. But um, yeah, I mean, we talk, and then sometimes with my clients, I end up having 
life sessions like let me know what it is that's blocking your brain in regular life outside of the business world mm-hmm. so i can see if i can help you work through that as well because that's my background and social work is problem solving so they kind of tie in together a little bit it made me think when you said mama mo i ain't had us down but uh how does your family look at you now being an entrepreneur having multiple businesses like how do they view you now Busy, and they need to stop playing and watch my children so I can go to work. <laughs> do, they, do they view you like it's like the the bread one and that? Like you got your own business, you got everything, you got your things established. Like, um, so I'm the oldest in my generation, so I'm the big cousin to everybody, the big sister to everybody. So everybody has always looked up to me anyway. So now I'm everybody's mama instead mm-hmm. of everybody big cousin because. They always come to me for something. But um, my mama, she's so funny, y'all. She like, what is wrong with you? You are not a celebrity. You do not have a blue check. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's my mama. She don't, mm-hmm. she don't mean no harm, but she she going she gonna to catch her on one day. And nothing wrong with having your family support. Did you have a hard time? I know I've been saying we're about to wrap this thing up, but it just I can well, talk just, all day. Just having talk all day. I can talk just all having day. these conversations, yeah, I just just different things come up. But did you have a hard time? You know, like a lot of times with uh, friends or family, somebody might want something uh, like a discount or free. Did you have a hard time with that type of stuff now, or do you do you go through it like, well, will people want something like, want you to hook them up for the low or anything like that? With especially with family and friends. Um, Sometimes I don't really have a lot of friends, so I don't get it a lot on the friend side. And me and my friends, like, everybody got their own little skills, so we can look out for each other in mm. different ways. But as far as family, they call me, ask me to do something real quick. No big deal, you know, big deal. If it's my mama, you can get whatever. But not really. It be it's the public people that want stuff for free all the time. Mm-hmm. Mainly people that look like us mm-hmm. that want some man hook us up, let mm-hmm. us get a little little discount. But I don't I don't like doing that because you take so much of your time to to build what you had. It is not like it's easy. Like so, I don't want to discredit somebody's work, even if I don't think it, the price is. Even if you think the price is too high or something, that's still their time. We don't know what they put mm-hmm. in to to build that. So that's one of the things. Like and just, that's how this post. It was like to cut the wire costs one dollar. But knowing which wire to cut is $999. Like, you paying for somebody's expertise, not necessarily because it look easy to do. That's not what you're paying for. You're paying for the knowledge, the background information and all of that. So. Absolutely. This is about that like, mindset, supporting people. Muff, I want to thank you for taking the time. Muff Deezy, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, sit with us. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how to find you on social media? Of course. Okay, y'all. So you can find me on all social media platforms. If you type Muff Deezy on there, it's going to pop up some kind of way. But Facebook is Muff Deezy, the done. Instagram is Muff Deezy. Twitter is Muff Deezy. That's two E's and one Z. Because if you put Muff Deezy, it's not going to pop Muff up. Muff Deezy. Two E's and one Z. And I'm pretty sure you get that a lot too. I do. People say, Man, I can't find you in spelling it wrong. Every time. So mm-hmm. I had to tell you two E's and one Z. Oh, plug in um your other business, Bossy Beauty. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but oh, yeah. plug it in. Let me tell you about that. So I have my own hair salon as well. It's really a beauty bar, but um we got a lash tech, we got a braider, a loctician, and a ponytail girl. Well I guess you call her hair stylist too. Um and I just opened that up in June of this year. So now I own a full service beauty bar as well. 
You do hair and anything, no, or you no, just like lead it up? <laughs> yeah, Dang, I'm. I'm just. I'm running things, but. Man, it's it's dope. I just want to let you know we appreciate you, man, and and keep up the great work. Like, I love to see people that look like us that's doing something positive, creating opportunities for other people. And it's not like for the people in this community or anybody. It's not like it's somebody like a, a celebrity, they, and they think it's impossible that they achieve these things, which we definitely have to stop looking at people that way. It's like, man, they did it. We, we think other people can accomplish things that we can't. Mm-hmm. But to see you in the community making a difference, creating the opportunities for everybody, it's a it's a beautiful thing, man, and definitely keep it up. Um, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you, too. You know, y'all traveling and interviewing and stuff like that, giving us a platform to come and tell always. our stories and stuff yeah. like that. That's yeah. dope. Cause it's, I love, we love to do it, man, because, you know, hearing other people's stories and just, you know, everybody go through something to get to where they mm-hmm. are. So everybody's not, it's like, we all, you only see the finished product online. Like if you look online or YouTube, social media, you don't know what somebody went through. So mm-hmm. to hear these stories, it lets people know that it is obtainable. It's not impossible. So that's why we love doing it. And um, just hearing these stories, this is always inspiring to me as well to keep me going. Cause yep. like, man. They went through something. And a lot of times when I hear everybody else talk, I'm like, man, this I went through something similar to right, like right. that. Or like, man, these they speaking to me and giving me this type of mm-hmm. advice. So that's why we love to do it. But we really appreciate you. Keep up the good work. I hate we can't make it tomorrow to Trap Chella, but we coming back. Just let us know. Okay. And we still got to go get this hot lemon pepper catfish. <laughs> I ain't forgot about that. But we want to thank okay. you again. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast, Self Investment Tour. So, until next time, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening.